This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, March 7th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. China talks search for enforcement deal. Farm liquidity dropping. U.S. Department of Agriculture trade chief upbeat on India. Enforcement deal still not nailed down. There is continued optimism in Washington that the U.S. and China will reach a deal later this month to end the ongoing trade war. But the viability of any deal depends on the countries reaching a consensus on enforcement measures. And that hasn't happened yet, according to Senate Finance Committee Chair Chuck Grassley. Grassley told reporters yesterday, I'm perfectly satisfied that U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer isn't going to give up until he gets one, but it's still under negotiation. USDA's Undersecretary for Trade, Ted McKinney, said yesterday that negotiators are carrying on the talks again this week via digital video conference. But he also said he wouldn't be surprised if the U.S. sends another delegation to Beijing very soon, and then China follows up by sending officials here before the end of the month. Trump's take? Well, President Donald Trump, for his part, said the talks are going well, but he warned that they could still fall apart. He said they're either going to be a good deal or it's not going to be a deal. But I think they're moving on very nicely. New signals of weakness in the farm economy. There's fresh evidence of the toll that the tough farm economy is taking on the financial position of producers around the country. USDA's latest farm economy forecast projects that net farm income will rise 10% this year, but the report also says that liquidity measures are weakening while farm debt-to-asset ratios continue on an upward trend that started in 2012. Working capital levels are expected to fall almost 25% this year, while farm sector debt is forecast to rise nearly 4%. Keep in mind, while net farm income is forecast to top $69 billion this year, that is well below the average since 2000 of more than $90 billion a year. McKinney sees brighter future for U.S.-India trade. The U.S.-India trade relationship is at a low point. But USDA's Ted McKinney says he's optimistic India will eventually lift its voluminous trade barriers, creating a much better opportunity for increased trade. The U.S. citing India's trade tariffs, terminating the country's inclusion in the generalized system of preferences program, which allows some exports to enter the U.S. duty-free. McKinney, who said India's recent decision to raise tariffs on peas, lentils, and other pulses nearly put some U.S. farmers out of business, noting that GSP access could be leveraged to get India to make reforms. India's rice exports to the U.S. could be affected by the GSP termination. Their program allowed India to sell rice here tariff-free, but now those shipments of mostly long-grain milled rice will be subject to taxes ranging between 3.1 and 11.2 percent, according to the U.S. Rice Federation. Now keep in mind, while Indian tariff and non-tariff barriers do block U.S. ag commodities, the country is also a major importer of products like ethanol. India was the third largest foreign market for U.S. ethanol last year, buying about 157 million gallons of the corn-based fuel. Dairy producers guaranteed their first payment. They won't see the money before this summer, but milk producers who sign up for the dairy margin coverage could be guaranteed a payment for January, the first month that the overhaul program has been in effect. 
USDA reports that the average margin between milk prices and feed costs in January was $7.99 per hundredweight, well below the top coverage level under the 18 Farm Bill of $9.50. A producer with a production history of 3 million pounds who covered half that amount at the $9.50 level would get a payment for January of $1,887.50. That would more than cover the premium at that level. Now keep in mind, sign-up for DMC won't be until June, and the first payments expected to go out in July. California industry pushes for biodiesel credit. California's biodiesel producers are pushing House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to support an extension of the industry's expired $1 a gallon tax credit. The House Ways and Means Committee has scheduled a hearing for Tuesday on that credit and a series of other tax incentives known as extenders that Congress allowed to lapse. A letter that California industry sent to Pelosi and House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy says that California workers and companies are depending on you to provide the certainty we need to secure investments and continue growing to meet our state's fuel needs over the next several years. North Carolina producers get help in nuisance case. North Carolina pork producers and state and national farm groups are weighing in on an appeals court battle that has broad implications for the hog industry. Hog farmers who have seen their operations shrink following multi-million dollar court losses argued they should have been part of the lawsuits. The groups, including the North American Meat Institute and the National Pork Producers Council, argued that the farms should not be held liable for causing a nuisance when they were in full compliance with North Carolina environmental laws. The arguments are contained in a friend of the court briefs filed yesterday in the 4th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. The case at issue resulted in an award of $3.25 million to plaintiffs in compensatory and punitive damages. USDA ramps up swine disease protection. U.S. Department of Agriculture is expanding port cargo screenings at seaports and airports to keep African swine fever out of the U.S. Among other measures, U.S. Department of Agriculture is working with Customs to add 60 new beagle teams at air and seaports, bringing the total to 179. African swine fever continues to grow in China. Since the outbreak in August 2018, the country has culled more than 950,000 pigs. Salt Advocates Close Shop The Salt Institute, a nonprofit group devoted to touting the value of salt in food and on roadways, is shutting down at the end of the month. The group didn't provide a reason. It has been in operation since 1914 and currently has 33 members. The group's demise comes as a scientific advisory committee starting work on the nation's 2020 dietary guidelines. The news was welcomed by the Center for Science and the Public Interest, a consumer advocacy group that says the Institute, quote, purposely muddied the waters on sodium intake and health. Here's today's He Said It, because I get to decide what we vote on. That Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell would ask why the Senate was voting on the Green New Deal resolution instead of a Democratic campaign and ethics reform bill being debated in the House. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, March 7th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.